This this could turn out poorly, but I'm gonna give it a shot because I think it's funny. Okay. But it's not. So uh, you know, we're beginning to start the lighthouse podcast. Oh, Christmas music. <laughs> Just like that, you already you're already hating. A, it's December. It is. Yeah. It's there is no the better week. time to start. Like December first. That's that's I think when you start. I will admit I'm a bit of a Grinch, but uh, there's like three days that I'm okay with Christmas. Um, it's the 24th, 25th, and maybe plus one day. <laughs> sometimes before first, that. First of the Sometimes month it's or, after. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's the day after. Is yeah. that, I will have those moments where after like all the Christmas craziness was over, I'm like, I like Christmas. And then like two hours later, I'm like, no, that was stupid. That's why I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. No, no presents to buy for anybody. You just show up, make some eat. food, eat some food. Yep. Yep. Easy. Lots of dessert for some reason. You have that problem in, in your house? Like too it just, much dessert? Yeah. No, there's always too much meat. No, that's not a thing. But I always feel there's like, lot, usually. I always feel like, uh, I always feel like there's 400 pies. Oh, yeah. And I always feel badly because somebody's always like, well, did you try pie, this pie? And I said, no, I haven't. Well, you got to try it. I'm like, I have had nine pieces of pie. And actually, as I get older, cranberry sauce is creeping in under my top three. Oh, I, love, I would have cranberry sauce on meat over gravy like any day. Yeah, yeah. When I was a, when I was a kid, though, I would never touch the cranberry sauce. But it's sweet as heck. Why wouldn't you like that? But... Well, the good stuff is like got that little bit of tartness too, and yeah, I love the walnuts usually. Yeah, and I love the when they put nuts in it. Mm -hmm. I love nuts. It's time once again for the Lighthouse IT Solutions podcast. I'm just one of many hosts, provided that you define the word "many" by two. <laughs> no, <laughs> a couple. Let's not be a couple though. Let's not be a couple. We're just a couple of hosts. I'm, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm joined by almost always. You're losing the crowd with Griff. <laughs> no, they're still they're still here. Uh -oh. They're still here. They're they're no no four of them did leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were only three people here. No, oh, that's so somebody came in and then just left. Now we're back. We've okay. had some time. We had some food. We were just talking about Thanksgiving. I miss it already. I'm now super on. distracted because I don't really want to talk about security news. I want to talk about cranberry sauce some more. So can we do that? Is it, that intricacies of your own family recipe? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, hopefully everybody else has had a great Thanksgiving. I, I don't want to spend all of our time talking about it. Well, we got some news. But, so. but maybe it is more important than what's going on in the world. Uh, uh, there's a few little, little odds and ends that probably need to be discussed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you're GoDaddy. Um, if you're on GoDaddy and you use WordPress, oh, no. I sure hope that you have changed some passwords. But like, is anyone surprised now <laughs> that WordPress is insecure and that GoDaddy might not be the best? <laughs> this this is really hard because both of us are kind of touching a nerve that both of us have. Yeah. Which is there are two companies that we really don't care for. And and if you use them, it's it's fine. There's still ways to do things secure and all of that. But both of us have just, I think, been burned enough by GoDaddy and WordPress, um, and this together is and now to come and by their powers combined, yeah. they have caused a massive, massive breach. I think to the tune of 
every single one of their clients. No. They just recently, um, in the middle of November, announced to the SEC that they had an, uh, they disclosed their security incident, in which they believed that there were threat actors involved for 10 weeks. Oh, no. They had somebody in their databases for 10 weeks. Two and a half months? That's huge. 1.2 million managed WordPress customers wow. were affected. So username, passwords, probably for everyone. Customer numbers, um, which is one of the things that GoDaddy uses, um, email address, oh, your uh, FTP credentials. Mm. They're all sitting right there, which means they're stored in plain text in whatever database they have. That's oh my gosh, I didn't think about Because <laughs> 10 weeks, yeah. All of their private keys so they can spoof SSL. Jeez, yeah. um, oh, pizza. Man, that makes a lot of customers vulnerable to letting their customers <laughs> get exploited. And then, of course, if you don't know what you're doing and GoDaddy tells you you can do it on your own. Mm -hmm. So what if I also told you that if you didn't change the default password for WordPress, already. Uh, that's already stored in the database, which also means that that initial password is stored somewhere in plain text. There are some good things you should do. You should always change passwords. Um, and that's what I think a lot of this is. But some of this you, you wouldn't have had a chance to, to handle. So um, hey, WordPress can be weirdly technical. So and setting up to be properly secure, almost no one does. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about a product that has shifted what it is capable of doing. Its job was just to let you post blogs. It yep. was only ever designed to do blog posts. Not like e-commerce and stuff. And now, yeah, now we have people who yeah. run it for e-commerce or full websites. It's not a true CMS. Mm -hmm. um, it's just been hacked that way into that product. And it's developed a little bit so that it's better. But of course, you know, if you are using GoDaddy, you're using managed the managed WordPress, we believe the threat actors have been kicked out. You're definitely going to want to change your passwords and logins. Take a look for any type of files that may have changed on your server. And more importantly, double check your plugins list. Because what a lot of times happens with WordPress is look for plugins that you don't recognize. Because a lot of those will have malicious software that give them a backdoor back into the system. Mm -hmm. It's really pretty crazy. So yeah, I guess there's for, for us, this is just more solidification that um, these are two companies. We don't really like 10 weeks. That's they a had long asked time. It's a long time. Um, and 1.2 million customers are now affected by them. Yeah. So crazy, which actually slides into another thing that I was, I, I kind of was reading and there's this company out on the West Coast uh, of the U.S. Um, called Unit 42. And they're a security research firm. And uh, they had done some troubleshooting or some testing. They were curious about some of these exploits. Because I think a lot of times, right, we think you can, you can have, what are the odds that somebody's going to find me? Well, Unit 42 set up 320 servers that are called honeypots. Why are they called honeypots? Because they attract the bears. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yep. hey, this is delicious. This is exactly what a threat actor wants. Yeah. So they have 320 servers that are misconfigured, quote, um, for 
you know, allowing them to let hackers through. Yeah. It helps you rain, like, guess how many people are trying to attack you and stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah. They didn't announce this. They didn't. T- this was just because, obviously, if you announce, hey, we have these 300. Yeah, that, would, that would skew the results. <laughs> all over the world. And so they deployed these servers just to see how long it would take before they got compromised. How long do you think it took for the first, let's say, 80%? This is one of the facts that we know. Oh, like a week? <laughs> And that would seem like that's pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. 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 80% of the servers compromised in a week. Well, you know, think about like malicious people. They just, they're able to just automate this entire process and send out everything. So a week seems all right. But Yeah, well, I can share with you that within that week's time, all 320 honeypots were compromised. Oh, okay. So more than 80. <laughs> with 80% compromised within the first 24 hours. Ooh. <laughs> So here's this server Yikes. misconfigured, just <laughs> waiting to be compromised. And and they picked different things that were very attractive huh. to to get threat actors to engage, whether it's Samba, which is a file sharing service that runs on Linux, um, poorly configured SSH, FTP. Nothing out of the norm, though. This, this, normal this stuff. Be using. Yeah. But also things that are very often misconfigured default passwords or insecure passwords. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 320 honeypots just dropped on the internet. All of them within seven days were compromised. 80% within 24 hours. One threat actor they were particularly impressed with because they attacked 80 and had nearly all of them. I think the stat was 96% compromised within seconds. Wow. So started discovered 80 of them and had them compromised within seconds. Jeez. Somebody's just like (laughs) putting a blanket, you know, automation thing out there. Wow. Kind of iterates. Don't use the default for anything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's, that's rule number one. Rule number two is if it supports multi-factor, gosh, I feel like we're starting to sound like broken records, but use multi-factor. Yep. Never not use multi-factor. That's, that's important. Um, And then finally, if you don't know what you're doing, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Hire somebody who yeah. does. Um, because you can think 320 servers on the internet. There's millions of servers out there. Oh, yeah. How are you going to find 320? It's probably billions. <laughs> like, yeah. Discovered in seven days, all compromised a week. Jeez. And here we thought, you know, you might get them. It takes a week for you to find them. Now, 80% of those within 24 yeah. hours were compromised. I mean, you hear about like big companies who say that they're they're under attack every day, you know, yep. tens, tens of thousands of times. So this makes sense. <laughs> and so we can't be surprised when they get hacked because they are constantly getting attacked. Yeah. But it also means that if you're just thinking you can covertly exist out on the internet, yeah, you can't. No. Not, not anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Speaking of uh, exploits and hacks. <laughs> Did you see the new Windows Zero Day uh, exploit that somebody found <laughs> where you can become an admin? Th- this one is is uh, intriguing because it's it's like an onion. It does have layers. <laughs> so many layers. I, I think it's funny because this, this researcher, I, I'm not going, I don't even know. Nasseri or something yeah, like that, Nasseri. right? I don't know. I don't yeah. remember his first name. He, he basically found an issue with, um, with privilege elevation vulnerability, I should say. Uh, that gives admin privileges to Windows 10, um, Windows 11, 
and Windows servers. Uh, yeah, and, and the privilege S, S, the elevation uh, vulnerabilities just simply means is you don't have to have administrative rights to get administrative rights. <laughs> uh, you know, because we we yeah. say don't run a don't run your users as admins, mm-hmm. um, and then these exploits run in the standard user context, non-administrators, and can elevate themselves using these exploits and run in the administrative realm. Hmm. Not great because it means anybody can run them, yeah, and get admin access. So yeah, yeah. So in November uh, on Patch Tuesday, Microsoft fixed this uh, vulnerability, but Turns out, <laughs> wasn't quite true. This they researcher, did. they did. He did. I guess yeah. He, that specifically got fixed, but, but he found another. <laughs> issue. Well, he kept one in his back pocket. Yeah, that yeah. was worse than the one. So he just made it public because he's he's fed up. He's like, well, <laughs> Microsoft's not exactly helping people, and they have apparently trashed uh, how they do bounties. <laughs> And, and I think we've kind of talked a little bit about how these big companies work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you find a vulnerability, um, you can apply and Microsoft will look at it, review it. And if it is, in fact, a vulnerability that needs to be addressed, they send you a contract that says, look, you can't disclose this for so many days, blah, blah, blah. You give us a chance to, you know, and then they pay it out. Yeah. It's a pretty awesome thing, honestly. And his whole sort of bug up his butt is that the vulnerability he submitted would normally have paid out $10,000. But through restructuring on how Microsoft's bounty program works today, just revamped, I think, sometime this year. April. Is that April? 2020, actually. Oh, it's about a year. Yeah. He he only got $1,000 for it. So to make his statement, he got the thousand dollars for this one, and then kept the worst one and zero date it. Mm. This is a uh, this is tricky to me. <laughs> who who's yeah who's, who's a- whose side do you who, yeah. yeah who's actually more wrong in this? This yeah. is not a matter of who's right. Both of them were wrong, but. What do you do? <laughs> Microsoft should be paying out more, but also like, I don't know, how many people could have he have, you know, hurt by releasing this? So, well, uh, there are already you can already see people developing malicious code based yeah. on this. Yeah, and so now Microsoft has to respond and get back. And uh, you know, listen, it's at your disclosure, you don't have to participate in the bug bounty program. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these security research firms, that's how they make their money. This is this is their livelihood. Um, so the fact that it was cut back to percentages, um, you know, uh, just a, what, a tenth of what yeah. it would have been. <laughs> yeah. That is a large cut. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty terrible. But yeah. you also endangered a lot of people. Yeah. With no regard to the people, to the customer it affects because you you wanted money. Mm-hmm. Um, and how is that any different than how ransomware people work? Yeah. So I, I feel like this guy hurt himself uh, in the legitimacy of what he does. Um, it, it, we'll see how things respond over it. But I'll tell you, do you think it has anything to do 
with the really important updates that are coming to Windows 11. You think all of this happened, these new bugs, because it kind of comes in time for everybody's favorite paperclip to make a reappearance. Mm. Did you see this one? You of course me. I did. This yeah. is this is the Windows 11 uh, highlight for me. This is, this is going to get me to change. <laughs> I'm excited to upgrade to Windows 11 just simply because... Clippy. Clippy's yeah, back. I was going to say, we should tell the nice people. Clippy. Clippy's back, but only as an emoji. <laughs> I take him back. Clippy, tell, come back. Cl Clippy's. You Clippy. can blame it all. He's an important me. part of my life, you know? He, he, he's a. <laughs> he helped me learn how to write a letter. <laughs> I will say, I learned more from Clippy than I probably did from school, though, you know? Definitely more than what I learned from, like, Cortana and stuff, yeah. 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 You know? Amongst some other emojis that they're adding, Clippy's one of them. I think there's like a burger and like Princess Tiara and stuff. So, but nobody cares. Nobody Clippy's cares back. Those. I will use Clippy as an emoji, and that is the only emoji I'll probably use from here on out. Yeah, pretty much for everything. Why would you use anything else? Clippy can convey anything. <laughs> Clippy can be helpful. Clippy can be frustrated. Yep. Clippy can be hurtful. <laughs> he is pointy. Yeah, yeah it's true. I'm excited about it. I I honestly don't fully understand um, why Clippy left. Well, I mean, I think people were frustrated with Clippy, but also you had kind of talked about the malicious nature of how those skins, I guess, of Clippy. Yeah, be, there was so. some the early days of what we'd call adware mm -hmm. that would get installed using the engine that Clippy did. But you think about some of the, I'm not going to say AI, but there was intelligence to it. I, I, I joked that he taught me how to, because if you were to start to lay out a letter, Clippy would be like, hey, do you want me to lay out, do you want me to pull in a template for a letter? And you'd yep. be like, yeah, okay. And he would lay everything out for you. So we've uh, that regressed somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now I have to go file new if I want to use a stupid template. That sucks. And then half the time I got to download that template from the office gallery. Mm. Clippy just did it for me. It's a shame. All I had to do was acknowledge Clippy. Maybe that's the problem, though. People didn't acknowledge Clippy and his helpfulness. He was underrated. Are you suggesting that this is a memorial emoji that Clippy Ooh. is? Does this mean this is the final nail in his coffin, though? He's never coming back. Would he have nails in his coffin? <laughs> You'd have paper clips. <laughs> you would just maybe <laughs> staples. <laughs> maybe staples. That's closer. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, remember last time we talked about the Constitution and how a group of crypto nerds were trying to buy it. I do. Yeah, uh, yeah. That didn't that didn't pan out well. <laughs> <laughs> because I think what happened was it was supposed to happen by the time. We recorded, and we were all excited about it, except mm -hmm. we didn't know the outcome, even though by the time people listened to it, there was an outcome. Um, it's, it's grown further from there, though, so. Really? Touch on it more, yeah. They get it? So. Like, what's that thing? No, yeah. They failed to buy cop the Constitution, um, oh. and it's kind of descended into chaos as people are realizing that uh, roughly half the donors will uh, have the majority of their investment wiped by the cryptocurrency fees. So. What? Yeah, a they they failed to get it because I I don't know if they got didn't get enough money I think they just got the outbid, but also yeah now no one's getting their money back or at least not a large like you know a small portion of it because you had to convert the money to fees and then probably convert it back yeah oh and I wonder if the cryptocurrency tanked 
or fluctuated. Yeah, that's the other thing. So their their token or whatever was was people it was you know people token. It had a little dollar sign in front of it. So I don't know. How you, I don't know how you pronounce that. Dollar people. I don't know. <laughs> This whole this whole thing is crazy though, because people are now like, "Well, wait a minute, did we actually get outbid, or did this this whole group just like completely steal money?" Steal money. Yeah, because now they're wondering what you know where where is this forty million of crowdfunding go? Yeah, where where to where to go? And then you know why is this token like dropping like they crazy? raised forty million dollars? Forty million, and they couldn't attain a copy of the Constitution, and they couldn't give back the money. I've been to a gift uh, a gift shop in Washington DC and I could have bought a copy of it for like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't non-fungible, but yeah. It was very fungible. I just I cannot believe that people <laughs> do that. So <laughs> like who who technically owned it, you know, like or would own it? Like that group, like but the group's not like a physical organization, I don't know. Just there's a lot of red flags there. I don't know who invested in that. I don't understand this NFT craze. Not that I don't understand advantages to bot purchasing certain things as NFT. Um, I, I, I think I think once the novelty and everybody rushing to do something for NFT wears out, I think there will be some really cool things that come from it. Because mm -hmm. obviously in the digital world, there's not really originals, right? It's too um, early, you know. It's creating an NFT from something that is fungible makes no sense. Yeah. But I think we've kind of talked, what if you could get the, you know, original Doom or Wolfenstein engine as an NFT? Like this is, this was pulled from the archives of some old server yeah. and we can validate. We talked about that cool, um, that art form that they somebody made where it was a randomly generated like, like fantasy items. thing. Yeah, yeah. Items and stuff. That was kind of cool. It's kind of like a trading card system, you know? And you, I 100% I agree. There's yeah. certain things with like the arts and and in archival items yeah. in the digital world is mm -hmm. a little bit different. How do you know that that's truly a copy? How do you know... So it's a way of certifying that this was this was what was released on you know 1991 for Wolfenstein like mm -hmm. stuff like that makes me fascinated. I I think I think that would be important as a way for us to see it and go, no, that's legit. Otherwise, you'd be like, well, how do I know that somebody didn't edit this? Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it's, it's getting there, but, but <laughs> everybody's there so obsessed with it. That's why we're getting fart noises. Mm -hmm being sold for what was that $5,000 for NFTs or something like that. Or, you know, we've, we, everybody's so obsessed with having an NFT of something. Is this like the dot-com crash where everyone was obsessed with internet stuff and people started businesses and everything and everything just, and then it all tanks. Yep. And then people will realize it wasn't that it was a bad idea. People, yeah. It's, we went overboard and then we start seeing, well, like the Amazons of the world. Yeah. Because Amazon was just selling books, you know, when, Shortly after the dot com crash. Yeah. 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 The future's unknown. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Or maybe it's just part of a bigger metaverse. Oh, God. Is that a Dean Kamen I spell? That might, <clears throat> might be a Dean Kamen. I, I kind of dig the drama behind some of these leaks. I, I don't know a ton about them, but. Well, they, they've been having issues with internal people in, in, in Meta now, um, Facebook prior. Basically, they've been having problems with people leaking 
uh, you know, all of our other stories about meta yeah, today. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> literally anything that they do, because all of it's kind of shady and they want to keep it quiet. <laughs> so they've rolled out the integrity umbrella yeah. to, to thwart leakers. So this, this umbrella maintains a list of employees in integrity and gives them automatic access to join private integrity groups within the meta workplace. So this is an internal version of Facebook, basically, used by only on the employees. Right. Um, that, Which went down recently, yeah, as we yeah. all learned. Yeah, that was a good time for them. Funny, though, um, they, they quickly kind of pointed out, the employees who were using this, that, like, well, the last leak that happened that wouldn't have thwarted that, this person had access to all these things <laughs> already. They were already <laughs> part of integrity. Yeah, so, like, what's the what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> The vetting process is obviously not great. Yeah. So uh, already there's a, an internal group within this integrity uh, umbrella that is called Examples of Metaculture Trending Towards Closed, which is just people posting screenshots of previously open groups that have been set to private and stuff. Like basically with it, it's so, it's so like Inception. There's, there's levels upon this one as well. The employees that are within this umbrella are posting in groups or creating groups rather about how this is shady and then now they have an entire group that is posting about how those groups are gotten close. <laughs> All the while, they're still sharing the information yeah. they're not supposed to be sharing. And we know about this, so obviously there's a leak there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I, I don't think they even know. Yeah. Uh, they, they might be imploding on themselves a little bit. Yeah, it's getting to that point. Which is probably overdue for that. Yeah, that's all right. Well... Funny enough, though, they, they uh, in May of 2020, they, they also tried to buy Giphy, which I think was kind of funny, uh, for $400 million, by the way. But, and now it's getting, that's getting reversed. <laughs> so UK's uh, Competition and Markets Authority said that this is going to harm, uh, this merger is going to harm basically everybody because Giphy... Uh, could use Facebook as an unfair advantage on rival social media platforms like Snapchat, TikTok, you know, that type of thing, who are also using Giphy. Mm -hmm. So this whole, like, antitrust regulation thing, I guess, is is reversing their, their acquisition now. Because I think the acquisition was final, but not anymore. Now it's being reversed. I feel like if you got that far, I mean, it's just some images. I don't understand why this is hitting up antitrust. Like ads and stuff, man. I don't know, yeah. There's some competition there, I guess, but it it's all yeah, it's, it's all, all being going blocked. backwards. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know, man. Blew it all on blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> so Metis Metis having problems, but you know who's not having problems? Apple. No, well, I mean, I, I they got ninety nine problems. Yeah, but uh, right to repair, they're they're finally letting letting everybody. Do. I saw this. This, yeah. this is great. I think it's for for us, great for us. I, you know, I don't know if it's good for Apple. I guess, but they're going to be opening a store in which they sell parts for iPhones. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good in my mind. They're, I think they're going to make some money off of that. That yeah. allows people to repair whatever they need, the DIY the, the, their phone. And um, I mean, I, I think having official parts from Apple uh, and tools, yeah, and the tools you need. Kind of makes me feel a little more comfortable about doing my own. Well, so bringing it to a third party shop that's like, you know, certified is never 
Never gives you the warm and fuzzies. So, <laughs> or ordering the parts off of eBay. Yeah. So sounds f- from wherever, man. And I've I've seen a lot of people who have had those places, the, like the iFixit stores or whatever, that pop up or yep. the U Breakits or whatever. They never really come back right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is exciting for everybody because now everything will be legit. Everything should you know work properly, and you'll be able to do it yourself, which is huge. But this is a huge shift. <laughs> Now this is is this like a going forward thing? Like we're we're not going to see like the iPhone six being supported by this. No. So Apple's calling the program self service repair, and it'll launch early next year in the U.S. Um, okay. Much further out for other countries, but this is this is for I think the twelve is the most um, the oldest, oldest one, one that you can do. Yeah. Which I think well, they're on the thirteen right now. I guess so. Yeah, it's only one generation back. But yeah. if they're launching next year, then you know why do they sell parts for yeah. three generations away? And let's be real, they're not doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. Um, there's a lot of pressure from a lot of European groups. Yeah, there's a lot of laws that are trying to... Um, for right to repair. Yep. And uh, I think that's why this is softening up. Um, but, you know, you leave it to them in any big company. Listen, you, you need to spin it however you want. Look at what we're doing for you because we care. I, I'm confused, though, because... Like, yeah, there's parts and stuff, but I'm wondering how extensive this is and if, if it's just, like, batteries and stuff. Because even this week, Apple released software that prevented uh, Face ID from working if customers replaced their own screen. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, again, I think some of that is because it's third-party displays. Yeah. So, well, I don't know, man. Yeah. But they're also... Uh, They've promised <laughs> to release a uh, self-driving uh, electric vehicle in 2025. But haven't we heard about the Apple car for years? Yeah, but now it's got like a project name and people are actually working on it and they're employed to do the job to work on it. So it feels a little bit more legit. Yeah, but like I don't need a car to tell me that I'm opening the door wrong. <laughs> Or that the reason I ran into the guy in front of me is because my seatbelt wasn't being connected properly. Like, it just... Well, apparently we learned about this because of um, a new processor that they announced. So there's this new processor that is, like, car-specific, I guess, that they're trying to develop. Do we... So you said there's, there's like, a fancy project name for this? Titan. Yeah, all right. That's cool. Titan. I'm in, I'm in now. <laughs> Titan's a cool name. It is a cool name. I don't know what the car will Like, be if called, it was but... Butterfly, I'd be like, nah, I'm uh, good. Yeah. But Titan's pretty sweet. It better be a giant SUV I mean, that fits in my pocket. I wonder what Tesla's, uh, like, market sales for, like, the S versus the 3 versus the X are. Because I think the X is the SUV, so. The X is the SUV. They, they have a, a person who's done this already that they can look at and be like, well, is the SUV more successful? Let's start developing that first. Well, in the U.S. right now, for sure. Yeah. In Europe, small SUVs, uh, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, we've kind of looked. If you look at Ford's range, this is a great indicator. Um, I don't think they make more than two cars anymore. For Europe? For the U.S. even. Ford? Yeah, everything else is uh, some type of SUV. The regular, they don't make like the Taurus or anything like that anymore? Nope. Oh. The regular, I think the, the only cars... I think it's they have the Focus, yeah, maybe, the or the Fiesta, maybe one of those kind of things, and the Mustang. Oh, yeah. And then if you look, their EV has the Mustang name, but it's technically an SUV. Oh. Everything else is some type of truck or SUV crossover. Wow. 
I didn't even realize that. No sedans proper. Weird. Nope. The the Fusion um, oh. was discontinued, I think, a couple years ago. Hmm. I don't think they make another car. I don't think they'll ever stop selling the Focus, though. There's a, there's a following there. Yeah, but they have an equivalent SUV, and these little tiny baby SUVs are all the rage. The little crossover type things? Yeah. 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 Well, another thing Apple's doing is they're trying to make an AR headset. In 2022, that's not surprising. Yeah, but it's a fully fledged, you know, no no Mac or iPhone needed. So really, okay, now that surprises me. Yeah, it's a standalone little device. It'll be kind of interesting because every every device now that's VRAR is requires another device. Now your your kind of thought on this, I'm curious. Um, if Apple releases an AR device, um, are you would you find yourself well, I guess you kind of sort of may have, because you you have. I've got the, the Valve, Valve Index. Yeah, yeah, but that's a that's. Tethered. So you're you're kind of intrigued by this technology already. Um, if you weren't entering this, how do you feel about the idea of Apple building it? Um, I think I'd be okay with Apple building it. Yeah, I don't think I would like it if it needed a Mac though. Yeah, if it needed a Mac, I'd be like, well. Eh. So. I'm not. I'm kind of on the the fence. A lot of this technology, I see the the benefits to it. Um, to be perfectly frank, though, the companies who are involved in it, while they deserve a lot of credit, absolutely, there's just that certain element of is there broad appeal and long term support when you have these like yeah. the Oculus ended up having to get snatched up by Facebook, and that's good for them. That that's important. Otherwise, that goes away. Having something like Apple, I feel like will make the product accessible to people. Yeah, very more true. more than more than the competitors, maybe even more than how Valve's doing, which they use it as you know video game platform. Yeah, and it'll be very polished, and it won't be game centric. So it's going to be interesting yeah. how that'll play. So I'm kind of curious. I'm I'm not because it's an Apple thing, but because it's a mainstream hardware vendor who typically focuses on making things simple and accessible for everyone at a major premium. It won't be cheap, but I like, I kind of, I think this may create an actual industry buzz for wanting to get this done. Yeah. And we know there's a lot of products out there. Again, we already mentioned Oculus and the Facebook piece. Um, we know that there's the HoloLens that Microsoft has kept in their back pocket. Yeah, but Microsoft has never stated that they're trying to replace their phone line with this. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What's this? Yep. <laughs> so Apple said it's intending to uh, support a comprehensive range of applications with an eye towards replacing the iPhone within 10 years. Yeah. So I'm just going to wear this nonsense around. We're going to regress back to the early 2000s when every had a Bluetooth yep. in their ear. But we're going to go back to that where people know. are just going to walk around shouting and look at you. I don't know, Bob. <laughs> But like the HoloLens and the Google Lens and all that stuff, those are the those are the failed products of these massive companies. So I don't know. Is Apple attempting to do something similar but better? Or is it something else that we just can't comprehend yet? You need to resonate with the people who have the money who want to play with this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think Apple has a carved niche of people who will buy anything. But they also have the idea of being, I, I come back to, they they make technology accessible. Um, I love more of the innovation that happens on Android phones, but I have an iPhone. 
Why? Usually it's refined. <laughs> it's clean. It's refined. Yeah. It's usable. Not as many features, not as much customized stuff, but... But I also look at it as, I think you've we've talked, I'm very much of the, what made Japanese manufacturers so successful in, you know, kind of the United States is they can be more profitable because on an American car, you can pretty much line item what options you want in a car and then they build it or you find it, right? Yeah. Japanese manufacturers came up with the idea because they wanted to reduce cost and simplify yeah. mm-hmm. They had packages, and you only had like a, a good, better, best sort of package. Yeah, someone's got a moonroof and you know heated. Seats. I don't need a moonroof, but <laughs> if I want heated seats, I have to buy the package with the moonroof. Yeah, I can't delete that. Yeah, in American cars, you could, mm-hmm. you could get exactly what you wanted. And there's they, these guys that, that and yeah. yeah, that increases your manufacturing complexity. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I liken that in sort of the the iPhone range is you have a number. You know what that age is, and, a, and, and then you have three of, models underneath yeah. it, <laughs> and that's that's pretty much it. Now they've complicated over the years mm-hmm. a little bit more than that, and it's it's muddied a bit. But by and large, you can walk into an Apple store and know which phone you want based on price and the name. And for me, I can't I can't do that with an Android. I don't know. And then after a while, they just seem to. That technology doesn't last. So this whole thing with the AR, the long story short to me, is it's fascinating because if you take that way to selling people who don't know that they need AR technology and you make it easy for them to understand and use, if they do it right, I, I think it's going to be important. And the company that does that wins. And Apple's the one that's got the track record of doing that. Yeah. Well, at least they'll be able to uh, manufacture them because there won't, hopefully, be a uh, chip <laughs> shortage. Samsung is building a new $17 billion advanced chip plant in Texas. This was only a matter of time, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it won't open until 2024, but <laughs> still it'll help. I mean, it'll at least allow us to not have to rely on, you know, all these other countries on overseas shipments and everything that are still behind. And, but what I keep reading is, is constantly that this chip shortage is becoming such a big issue. We don't have a, like when it first started happening, they're like, Oh yeah, it's going to be a year and a half. So we're looking at the end of 22 and now I'm hearing, Nope, we're summer of 23. Yeah. We're not catching up. No. So people, people building these long-term projects is, is going to be it's very helpful. It's a $17 billion risk because to build something in the United States, let's admit it's a little bit more expensive. Yep. However, where the cost of semiconductors are going and how we're starting to see everything start to inflate makes sense. Yeah, totally does. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, I, think, I think it's yeah 1,800 jobs and... You know, that type of thing. But again, it, it's not going to be out till, or it's not going to be done until 2024. And then even then, you know, when are they going to be able to start producing stuff and actually selling and, you know, that type of stuff. So 2025 is when we'll probably, the impact will actually be seen. Yeah, but I agree. It could be, it could be a little too late, but I think it has an impact. Yeah, it's a good step. I sweet. think so. And I think it's a good gamble. It's like 30 miles away from Samsung's, um, I think, U.S. headquarters. 
which is Austin. So mm-hmm. that should be at least I kind of. I actually think you're right. Yeah. And if Samsung's the only person who can really start bringing chips to the, to the U.S., you know, anything that's running Samsung's technology, their phones, and yep. all, they won't have supply chain issues and people are more likely to buy their stuff. Heck, man, Samsung might get might sell back to Apple again or something. <laughs> Who knows? It's true. Yeah. Or pick up different things from the U.S. Uh, like we, we have the auto manufacturers. There might be some things where people change over to using their chips. Whew. That's, uh, you got, everybody got a lot. Yeah. I'm exhausted. And I know we have more, Griff, but I guess I don't feel like we can give the people more. And and here's what I think is crazy. Unlike Dollar Tree, we didn't raise our rates. <laughs> is Dollar Tree two Dollar Tree now? Dollar <laughs> twenty five. That's an increase Aww. of twenty five percent. You just awed twenty five percent increase in cost, man. Is for the- me to, I can no longer buy toys with lead. Not gonna lie, I don't know if I've been to Dollar Tree in a long time. Is not everything's a dollar though. It's just like kind of. Oh yeah. Everything literally. You're not. You're thinking of Dollar General and like Family Dollar. Family Dollar is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Those are those are BS. They're dollar liars. Tree itself is just. But Dollar Tree, everything's a dollar there. Well, man, they're gonna have to go through. Or a two for a dollar. They they got to go through a rebranding. Then. There's, yeah. there's no way. I don't know. They got to put like kind of Dollar Tree. Yeah. <laughs> a bit over a Dollar Tree. A bit over a dollar. Well, I don't know. Family Dollar yeah. and Dollar General both kind of kept their names, but. But I'm a little surprised, though. This is uh, this is like the end of an era, and that's if you if you need any idea that that uh, inflation is real. Dollar Tree raising Dollar their prices. Tree raising their prices a buck. Terrible 25. business model, though, if you think about it. I mean, you should not assume inflation exists, or uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is this is spoken by somebody who's never been to a Dollar Tree. I've been to a Dollar Tree. It's been a while. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what kind of money you're rolling in, there's, but some of us have to go to Dollar Tree. There's like a, um, what is that? Um, there's like a five dollar one. Our, 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 our plates from this office are from Dollar Tree. <laughs> Those are a dollar each? <laughs> Those were a dollar each. What is that called? Hold on. Uh, five Below. That's what it's called. I've been to that recently. I am also a, I'm also a suck. Well, not even that. Because uh, they have some like twenty dollars stuff now and oh, everything, they're, they're a little people. all over the place. But I do like five below. Hmm. I do like five below. I, I actually I bought a. Uh, it's sitting still sitting in the trunk of my car, but I, I have a portable, like, uh, desk, that uh, <laughs> I, you can just like set up, and it was like six dollars or something. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I bought it. I tossed it back of the car. This is the last time I thought about it. <laughs> Until this there. moment right here. <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. You've, you've recovered six dollars now. <laughs> Just because I plugged, I plugged five below. Yeah. They can give me money for that. Oh man, we should, yeah, we should reach out sponsorship. Sponsor <laughs> our corporate podcast. <laughs> oh, well, this has been fun. This has been fun, Griff. It's always a pleasure uh, to all of you that suffered through this episode of the Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast. We're really thankful for it. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or you want any references based on some of the show notes that we had here today, check out lighthouse.sol.com. Griff redid that website a couple months ago. It's beautiful. We love it. But if you're in a hurry, go to lighthouse.sol.com and then put a forward slash in the word podcast, and you'll actually get uh, a filtered list of all of our podcasts, not just this one, along with the show notes for this and all of those other ones that you can check out, listen to, um, and provide some feedback if you got some things you want us to cover. We'd love to hear it. Um, until then, 
we hope you stay safe. Enjoy the holidays, and we'll catch you one more time before St. Nick shows up, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think so. That would I think good. so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, take it easy, be well, and we'll catch you next time on the Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast.